Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, Morris on Riftwake. And today, we're here to talk about the 13th class of Dungeons & Dragons, the newest official class to come out, the only official class to come out after the original release, the Artificer. The Artificer is a very interesting class in that it is considered to be a half-caster, meaning it does not progress through the spell levels to the high-end magic, like the Wish and Meteor Swarm and True Polymorph of, you know, bards and wizards and such. So a half-casting class maxes out at the ability to cast fifth-level spells, but as a trade-off, they usually are much less squishy as well. So a paladin is another example of a half-caster class. But the way an artificer gets to use their magic is unique. And anything unique is always particularly interesting to me. As shocker, I'm a person who likes new rules to come out. So what do you get as an artificer? So actually, before I fully dive in, let me just give the usual disclaimer. I'm not going to go reading through every single thing about the artificer i'm going to poke through it and talk about some of the unique features that it grants and some of the ways to implement it in a game so nathan what do you know about what an artificer is from what i can tell an artificer is a sort of class that allows you to create sort of magical things I'm using things because I I don't know too well what it does, but some stuff to do with creating magical stuff that allows you to do stuff. Yes, you are not wrong. (laughs) So, in short, an artificer is a class built around the ability to craft with magic, whether that's just magic items or just the creation of 
normal equipment using magic. An artificer is the class of crafting. And it does, uh, it, sorry, it comes out in the new Eberron book. But even though it is a class built for the Eberron setting, which is a very high magic world, it is one that I highly recommend using for any game that you play or run in. Because an artificer being out there in the world, or groups of artificers, I should say, help explain so much of just the way a D&D world works. Where does all this stuff come from? Who is it who makes these various things and traps and such that get found? So having there be artificers in the world adds to the lore of the world. It adds to the hows and the whys. And having explanations for why things are is yet again a thing that I appreciate. So... That being said, let's actually dive into some of the actual written rules for it. So an artificer gets one D8 hit die per level, making them the same as warlocks and clerics, and tougher than the wizard and sorcerer with their little D6. So also, an artificer starts with proficiency with light armor, medium armor, shields, simple weapons, Thieves' tools, tinkers' tools, and one type of artisan tool of your choice. Uh, you get proficiency in the constitution and intelligence saving throws, and you get to pick two skills from arcana, history, investigation, medicine, nature, perception, and sleight of hand. So all of those things together mean that you actually have a relatively tanky, for lack of a better word, character. So having the ability to use medium armor and shields gives them really good potential defenses. You can have a creature with, uh, let's see, breastplate, I believe is 14, and with a reasonable dexterity, if you give them a short sword or, uh, yeah, short sword would probably be best as their blade of choice. So you could have 16 AC and then up to 18 AC, giving them a shield. And that's before you get into any of the magic that they get access to to help boost that. So even at level one starting, you can actually have a relatively tough character who is a half caster. So also, besides being well armored, actually does have the magic as well to back it up. Ooh, uh, one other detail worth mentioning. There is an optional rule listed for artificers, which is that you can choose, if your world has it, to give artificers firearm proficiency. So whether you have a high magic world that has reinvented, that has invented gunpowder or magical uses of firearms, you finally have a class that is listed as potentially being proficient in their use. In the Eberron book, there is the usual chart that all classes have that shows what you get as you level up. So I'm not going to go through that fully. I'm simply going to mention that, as usual, the proficiency bonus goes up as you level. How many spell slots you have access to goes up as you level. Uh, you have a couple of cantrips that you have as you level. However... The Artificer has one of the first unique 
things about them is that for cantrips, they have something unique. No other class, period, has this feature. And it is such a simple line that I fully imagine that most people are going to completely miss that this is there. And so pay attention. Normally, when you level up, you're able to change a spell that you know of one of your leveled spells. Cantrips are normally locked in. Once you pick a cantrip, by the book, there is no way to change the cantrip you know. Not so for the Artificer. When you gain a level in this class, you can replace one of the Artificer cantrips you know with another cantrip from the Artificer spell list. And that's such a simple feature, and yet it is enormously powerful. Cantrips are the spells that you can just cast as an action and don't require any permanent resource, any of your spell slots, to cast. So having that infinite zero-level magic able to be changed when you level up is very, very interesting. So if, as you level up, you decide that you don't want Firebolt to be your attack cantrip of choice, you could change it to Frostbite or Poison Spray or Thunderclap or if you decide, actually, I have two attack cantrips, and it turns out that's not actually super useful, so I'll change one out and swap to have Prestidigitation instead, because Prestidigitation is best spell. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I did it that way. Anyway. <laughs> but point being, the ability to change your cantrip as you level gives you a degree of flexibility in terms of the spell that you are able to just spam, that flexibility is indeed a unique trait and should be taken advantage of to try out different things to find what is the ideal build for the character that you want to play. Uh, sorry, that was a somewhat long tangent on just the cantrip thing, but good thing. Uh, also in that chart, it shows that as you level up, you learn the ability to infuse magic into items to grant them a long list of useful effects. And you are able to know how to infuse a certain amount of abilities. But there's a second list of how many items you're able to have infused at a time. So generally speaking, well this is true for all things really just as you level up you're able to know more infusions and can have more items infused at once so by the time you get end game level 20 you're able to know no 12 infusions and be able to have six magical items infused by your own abilities so to recap an end game artificer has the ability to have six additional magic items in use for either personal use or for the party. Six additional magic items added to whatever you find throughout the course of an adventure. And even though that's endgame, to zoom back a little bit to, let's say, 10th level to go for something nicely in the middle, you can know eight infusions and have four of them. So even a mid-level party can potentially have four additional magic items in use, which I don't think I need to spell in detail. is a very significant advantage to the artificer themselves and the party they're with. Moving on, 
at first level, you get an ability called Magical Tinkering that lets you touch a tiny non-magical object and give it a minor ability. And it does list out the particular abilities that are to be used. However, this is a, say, a time where, once again, I enjoy DM rule zero in that the DM can decide anything that they want to. So I would make a ruling just for my own sake that an artificer can put any individual little effect into the ability that into the object that they create. But I would also say that anything that is possible with prestidigitation could also be used to such a thing because having a magic item that has the effects of prestidigitation would explain the existence of some of the common magic items in the world, which again, one simple technical rule change, which helps explain a certain amount of things in the world and just makes sense from the logical perspective. So again, that would be a win-win in my book. But even so, uh, the smallest of effects is uh, shine light uh, for a five foot radius of bright and a five foot additional radius of dim. Uh, you can uh, have a message recorded in it that is played when tapped by a creature. You can have it emit an odor or a nonverbal sound, such as wind waves chirping or the like, which is perceivable up to 10 feet away. You can have a static visual effect appear on the object's surface, such as a picture up to 25 words of text, uh, text lines and shapes, or a mixture of them. So you could basically have that last one be magical display screen, but only on a tiny object. So again, DM rule zero, that would mean that we would have the ability, say if we boosted it with spell slots, maybe you could argue that an artificer could basically make magical flashing advertisements on the outside of a shop, or just like the... 3D shark in Back to the Future if you have a programmed minor illusion or some such thing. So flexibility with magic is always a trait that I appreciate and highly suggest that both players and DMs make more use of. Uh, moving on to the actual spellcasting abilities of the artificer. So besides being able to change out their cantrips, uh, they also have spell slots uh, gaining more as they level up equivalent to the same as so it's the same growth as a paladin as a half caster as well so you only start out with two level one spell slots but it does go up as you level until you gain access to fifth level spells from level 17 up um also an artificer when they choose their spells are able to prepare spells similarly to clerics or druids in that they have their spell list and just are able to prepare any number of spells at the start of their day uh, equal to their intelligence modifier plus half level rounded down so let's say you have a intelligence of 14 and you're level five then that would be two plus two so you would have access to four spells and once you have your spells chosen the fact that you can change them at the start of the day is a very useful thing so if you know what you're going to be facing that day you can prepare spells accordingly 
also, uh, the spell list of the Artificer is actually rather interesting in that while, of course, it does have a good number of attack spells, where it really stands out, in my eyes at least, is that it has most of the best utility spells available. It has the spells that are just useful for day-to-day life. So you have, at first level, Featherfall or Identify, so you don't fall to death, and you're able to identify cursed magic items before they cause bad things to you or the party. At second level, there is the aid spell to give yourself and part of the party more hit points. You have dark vision a bit available, enhance ability, enlarge, reduce, just useful spells. Uh, third level, you've got fly, glyph of warding, which is another of my favorite spells, maybe an episode in the future on that one. Haste, which is always incredibly useful to give that movement speed boost. Uh, Actually, haste we'll also talk about more later with some of the other abilities that an artificer has. Uh, Third level, they also have access to revivify, which is very, very important in case of a death in the party to have someone nearby able to help reverse that before time passes. Also, on that note, I should mention... uh, Because the Artificer does deal with a lot of crafting and such, they are themed to be a more utility-type character. So they do have access to some, but not all, healing spells. So they do have access to Revivify and Cure Wounds back at first level, but not Healing Word or Raise Dead later on. So they don't have full healer abilities, But, as we'll talk about later, some of the abilities, besides the spells, that the Artificer has access to can steer them into a quite competent healer as well. So, besides healing, they do also have a number of attack abilities, and one of the specializations in particular is well-built for being a damage-type character. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. But in summary, utility spells good. Artificer has lots. Uh, One thing also that should be mentioned about the spellcasting itself, though, and not just the use of spells, the lore behind an Artificer is rather different. There is a sidebar uh, in the Eberron book on page 56 that talks about the magic of Artifice. And it talks about how because of the fact that a artificer is not a standard casting class, that they use their creation when they prepare their spells at the beginning of the day, that it is their creation abilities that are used to cast the magic. And the way that they talk about it is actually quite interesting. So let's see here. If you cast Cure Wounds using Alchemist Supplies, you could be quickly producing a salve. If you cast it using Tinker's Tools, you might have a miniature mechanical spider that binds wounds. When you cast Poison Spray, you could fling foul chemicals or use a wand that spits venom. The effect of the spell is the same as for any spellcaster of any other class, but your method of spellcasting is special. And the idea of that using the same rules, but having different lore, different uses, different descriptions and narrative uses of how magic works. Well, I think that's just swell. All right. Uh, So I mentioned before that artificers have the ability to infuse items with magic. 
And that is a very, very powerful feature and a very versatile feature at that. So even when you first gain access to that, at second level, you're able to know four infusions and able to have two items. At second level, an artificer has the ability to have two minor magic items to start with. Again, that is a very powerful ability. There is a long list of what you're able to infuse into an item, but first I'm just going to talk a little about how that works before I go into the options available. So whenever you finish a long rest, you can touch a non-magical object and imbue it with one of your infusions, turning it into a magic item. Uh, only works on certain kinds of objects, which it mentions in the list of options. If the item requires attunement, you can attune yourself to it the instant you infuse the item, or if you decide to attune later, do so using the normal attunement rules. So instead of the normal hour attunement to a new magic item, having the ability to just make a new magic item damn near instantly and instantly attuned to it gives you a very interesting flexibility where once again, if you know at all what you're going to be facing for the day or even just suspect certain things, you can change what you have infused to give yourself a beneficial ability or just something that is generally beneficial if you don't necessarily know something specific. Also, you're able to have a certain number of infused items as you level, and if you try to infuse more than the number of items you're supposed to be able to have, the oldest one loses its infusion. Also, if you die a number of days equal to your intelligence modifier afterwards, any infusions that you had run out of juice. So in terms of the options for what you're able to infuse, there's a long list of what you're able to do. Uh, I'm just going to, once again, pick and choose, kind of like back in Warlock when talking about the various Eldritch abilities that they gain access to. First off, you can either make a staff or wand or armor or shield into a plus one magic item and automatically once you pass level 10 in the class have that plus one become a plus two and considering how tanky an officer is able to potentially be using that ability for an armor and shield as two of your potential infusions so even when you are at level two then you could have potentially a breastplate that you've made plus one a shield that you've made plus one so you could have a 20 ac at level two and then once you get up to level 10 then that would just increase by an additional two so magic uh magic weapon magic defenses magic spell casting uh also one fun fact is that any object that you have infused is also able to be used as your spellcasting focus. So 
instead of using a staff or wand, generally speaking, Artificer used their tools as their spellcasting focus. So you can have, you know, your weapon of choice be your blacksmith's hammer and able to cast your magic through it. You can use, you know, a set of thieves tools as your spellcasting focus, your alchemist supplies, whatever it is that you have access to is your spellcasting focus, which gives you an interesting amount of versatility, which... Well, I've rambled on how much I like versatility enough. I'm not going to repeat myself unnecessarily. So also, any ability that an artificer has, with, again, the zoomed out view for a moment, it could be argued that if they're able to infuse this ability, there's no reason that permanent magic items with any of these abilities couldn't exist in the world. So one that definitely catches my eye, uh, repeating shot any simpler martial weapon with the ammunition property requires attunement. Uh, you get a plus one to attack and damage, ignore the loading property, and if you load no ammunition, it produces its own, automatically creating one piece of magic ammunition when you make a ranged attack with it. The ammunition created by the weapon vanishes the instant after it hits or misses a target. So having magical bow or crossbow that don't need you to constantly have to get arrows reduces one of those just little nitty-gritty things that can be an annoyance. So just having there be a magic item that has that ability is relieving, honestly. Just once again, any of those things that reduce math that we have to keep track of is appreciated. Uh, the probably what will be the most famous use of infusions is replicate magic item. You can basically mimic certain magic items as you level up through the class. And so you can have your infused item be one of the general magic items, but that is a semi-permanent instead of fully permanent in that if you die, the item would lose its magic. But for all intents and purposes, as long as you're alive, you have that magic item. And so as you level up through the class, you get additional options that you can pick for your infusions. But I'm just going to go through some of the highlights. Alchemy Jug, always a generally useful item. Bag of Holding, awesome. One new one that is rather interesting, prosthetic limb. So having artificers in the world gives you magical prosthetics as an option in the world. And in a medium or high magic world, that makes sense to me and is awesome. <laughs> then as they get higher in level, you can have the Boots of Elvenkind or Cloak of Elvenkind, uh, Lantern of Revealing to not have to worry about any individual, uh, in, uh, invisible folks. Uh, at higher level yet, you can use a Gauntlets of Ogre power so you can just magically give your character or someone else in the party an automatic set strength score of 19, which is obviously extremely helpful for anyone or the headband of intellect as well to give an intelligence of 19 and as an intelligence using class once you can do that one at 10th level well i don't think i need to elaborate how good having an ability score of 19 would be for that and it just keeps going useful magic items as you level up and you are only able to pick one magic item for each infusion so you can't have one item that is 
you know, both uh, wand of magic detection and wand of secrets. You can only put one magic in a magic item. That limitation is not changed by artificers. But just having that many more magic items in the party, useful. There are a lot of abilities that the Artificer gets as they level, but I'm going to start going through much faster because I've definitely dived into too much nitty gritty on some of this. Uh, Sixth level, you get double your proficiency bonus in any ability check that uses your tool proficiencies. So any uh, rolls that you have to make when crafting a magic item in particular is always a useful thing. Oh, sorry. Back at third level, actually, is when you pick your specialization. Uh, Also at third level, you get to magically create any set of artificer's tools with an hour of work that does not require you to expend a spell slot, too. So having tools, even if you're just in a bad situation to make the tools you need, could be incredibly useful. Uh, They also get an ability called Flash of Genius at 7th level, which is actually kind of like uh, Bardic Inspiration. But instead of being a D6 that you add, you can use your reaction to just add your intelligence modifier to a roll. So you can just add a, you know, whatever, plus 2 to plus 5, whatever your intelligence modifier is, flat out two rolls a number of times a day equal to your intelligence modifier. Uh, you also so actually one of the other incredibly useful traits of the artificer is that unlike every other class when you max out at having three items three magic items attuned to you an artificer is able to at max level attune to six and having six magic items on a character well there's a lot of ways that you can go with that also you can (laughs) oh boy we are running long sorry about that folks you're able to store magic in an item to create temporary magic items that hold a spell that can be used a number of times equal to twice your intelligence modifier or until you use the feature again to store a spell. So having a stored spell, like say Cure Wounds, to give you a magic healing item that anyone can use to store a spell like, well, yeah, Cure Wounds is the first that comes to mind, but you could also use that for something like Featherfall in case you're in a mountainy terrain as a just-in-case. You could use it for Purify Food and Water to make yourself or those around you safer. The ability to just store magic and give anyone the ability to use it. So if you have Cure Wounds stored, then you can let that be held by, say, the fighter in the party as a backup if you go down. So there are three specializations available for the artifice that you pick at third level. And those are... Those are hiding from me. I lost my place. There we are. The alchemist, the artillerist, or the battlesmith. And we are definitely running long, so I'm just going to go through these very quickly. The alchemist is 
incredibly versatile as a potential healer that gives you the ability to basically conjure healing potions by using your spell slots to create potions. So you can create a healing potion with a level one spell slot that heals 2d4 plus your intelligence modifier instead of just plus two for a normal potion. So potentially a little more useful. Uh, you can also create a whole bunch of other potions. Uh, you can... Uh, uh, I mean, honestly, it gives you a lot of alchemy-related abilities to make potions. I keep using healing as the example because that's just the one that catches my interest just for just my personal style but it is a very versatile specialization that gives you the ability to be move faster uh have a potion that is almost like the spell bless to add a d4 to attack rolls and saving throws you can get a 10 foot flying speed for 10 minutes so getting a, some of these abilities as early as third level is not to be underestimated and they only get more powerful as time goes uh, moving on to the artillerist. Basically, you get to conjure an eldritch cannon, which can either be a flamethrower, a force ballista, or a protector, which, emerts, uh, which emits a burst of positive energy to grant temporary hit points. So you get a flamethrower for area, a ballista for range, or a defensive option to give temporary hit points. Not to mention that each specialization, like all spellcasting classes, do give additional spell options. And this being the attacking one gives you access, once you're at ninth level, to Fireball. So just burn all the everything. Blow it up with a cannon, shoot it with a Fireball. It is a very good attack specialization. And as you level up, you can potentially conjure multiple cannons and just have them walk around the battlefield because magic. Uh, third one is the Battlesmith. And this actually is a lot more like a paladin in playstyle. It gives you access to a lot more healing abilities. Uh, that one will give you access to mass cure wounds as your high level. It'll give you shield when you first pick it at third level. And you get martial weapon proficiency. But what is particularly interesting about this melee class is that instead of needing strength or dex, an artificer battlesmith uses their intelligence when attacking with a magic weapon, which as an artificer you really should have pretty much immediately. <laughs> so there are far more little details about the Artificer, but I'll just say they are a very interesting half-class that can be incredibly defensive with the right build. It can have a decent amount of offense, but it's definitely not a class specialized in that direction. It can be a really powerful healer also with the right build. And I highly recommend looking through them and seeing if that is something that you feel appropriate to your world. Because any such, any class with such unique features and lore to them, I would say at least deserves to look. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes.
Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, we'll be able to chat with the cast, and even shout on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riffwake Podcast, on Facebook, at Riffwake, and on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riffwake Podcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. Have a good one. Bye! Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.